the employees and management of that record got me high podcast are eternally grateful and will never ever ever forget the incredible and many people have said unprecedented generosity of our magnanimous and benevolent sponsor the eight panel web comic is this tomorrow is this tomorrow controls the entire media landscape of the united states and its territories with a series of secret satellites these satellites are specially designed to maneuver into place and hover over your house at night from this location they can either beam happy thoughts like bob ross or kitten videos or very very unhappy thoughts like november 2016 or the end of the movie the mist directly into your frontal lobes using microwave technology so you better not pout you better not cry you better not shout i'm telling you why is this tomorrow controls your thoughts to meet your psychic masters face to face visit is this tomorrow.com once again for the stubborn and dim-witted amongst you is this tomorrow.com you must not think bad thoughts all right welcome everyone to another episode of that record got me high that is barry stock that is rob elba and we welcome you all to another episode real quick i want to welcome our newest patron michelle madrid Thank Welcome you, Michelle. Michelle. Thank you so much, Michelle. You she even she she even first she started at one level and she loves she us said, so much. You know she what? bumped it up. <laughs> she did right away. I saw she that said, too. I noticed. She was that. like, I yeah, feel, one dollar is not bad. good enough for these guys. Yeah, right. she went up to three dollars. So thank you, Michelle. You too. You can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. That's right. And become a patron of me and Barry. We would really appreciate it. All right, Barry. We're talking about two two fucking awesome records in a row. That right? is true. Especially for me and you, I know that we're Agreed. talking about. And our guest tonight is uh, Mr. Malcolm Tent. He is. A, I could read you his his uh, CV. No, I could read you curriculum his list vitae. Of, but it's like I would, could go on forever. But he's a current member of Anthocene and They Hate Us. He just came back. He just was on tour with both those bands. He's the CEO of TPOS Records, which was started in 1984 down here in Florida to release the debut record of his Florida band, Broken Talent. Okay. He's a photographer. He has a radio show. All he right. has a YouTube channel. He is a... I, Malcolm, I guess I would call you a Bon... Uh, bon. Yeah, <laughs> Because you basically you live you like tour you you tour the world you play these shows you you uh, buy records you buy and sell records and as my daughter likes to say you're living your best life living the dream. Right? Yep, I certainly would not argue with that. Right. Um, <laughs> I do. I view. I honestly view myself as being a full time artist because for me buying and selling records is an art. Releasing records is an art. Um, the alleged music I play is an art. So basically right. everything I do, you know, helps to keep my, my ship afloat and it's all based on what I consider art. So yeah, call me that bon vivant of okay, the arts, good. if you will. That's, that's what we're going to call you. And uh, coincidentally, from the record we're talking about tonight, you have released a photography book, I don't even know if you know this, Barry, called The Woman of Devo. Oh, I did not uh, Yeah, know. and it's, uh, it's available on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, but I'm sure you can get it from Malcolm in person, right? You, right. <laughs> you probably sell it. Hell yeah. Yep, uh, The Woman of Devo, and it's yeah, pretty awesome. It's all a right. photo book. So, all right, Malcolm, I sort of gave away the spoil, but who are we talking about tonight? What band, what record? You're asking me? Yeah, I am. Well, you're supposed to announce it. That's how we do it. That's like a little kitchen. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. I'm here to tell you people right now that the band of discussion this evening is none other than D-E-V-O from O-H-I-O. That's Devo to you. All right. <laughs> now You yeah. seem to have some passing familiarity with the band. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> One would hope. Now, are you, Malcolm, are you, am I right to say, are you like, a, a, have something to do with one of their fan clubs or something like that? Um, sort of peripherally, kind of, in a way, maybe a little bit, sort of. Okay. Um, basically, 20 years ago, next year, it, we started doing a fan gathering in Cleveland called the Devotional. Okay. And it, we just get together. Uh, this Nowadays, it's at this place called the Beachland Ballroom in Cleveland. And we do it the last weekend of July. And it's just a fan gathering of all the freaks and geeks and misfits and nerds and weirdos who love Devo. All right. And even the occasional normal people shows up, and even even they're welcome. You know, it's fine by us. <laughs> Norms are welcome. Well, that's nice. Right. That's you know, <laughs> and I've seen and, pictures. Um, have some of the members of members of Devo come to that before? Basically, we've had everybody except Mark Mothersbaugh show up. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, because I've seen pictures. I saw pictures, and I saw pictures of Malcolm yeah. with like uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Jerry, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It really uh, is. Uh, mo- most of the guys in the band are very user-friendly. They're very fan-friendly. They'll come and sign autographs and do a Q&A session and oh, that's awesome. pose for pictures. Yeah, and occasionally get hear. up on stage and, and play some music. All right. That's I guess Mark is uh, Mark has got too much going on in his uh, career to uh, swing by the uh, Ohio region for a, for a meet-and-greet. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, Mark Humsher has his own motivations, but, you know, whatever. The man's got to live his own life. Yes. And, you know, we're we're very happy as fans to get anybody from Devo. And um, Jerry, Jerry Casali, right. who, who actually is the guy who invented Devo in, in cahoots with this guy, Bob Lewis. They're the two guys who actually came up with the concept and fully articulated it long before Mark Mothersbaugh was in the band. All right. Okay, and, so that must have been and, like 70s, like early 70s, right? Right, because he was at uh, Kent State, right? Yes. And the, the concept of Devo came directly from Kent State. So Bob Lewis and Jerry Casali are the ones who formulated it, and Jerry has been the guest of honor at, I think, all but maybe one or two of the devotionals that we've had since 1999. Oh, wow, nice. So... You know, it'd be great Obviously to have Mark there, a, but as much on his plate as uh, a <laughs> well, does. you know, well, I think that those guys, hopefully, those guys <laughs> made, made enough money that they don't have to, uh, you know, work at a um, use car dealership to uh, survive. I would think that you know, hopefully, Devo had enough royalty income to uh, um, let allow them a, a graceful retirement. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean Jerry, for, he just bought a vineyard. He's now a vintner. All right. Has a, uh, you know. <laughs> and, and, where, so, and where is his vineyard? Is that in California or is that in Ohio? Yeah, it's in Northern California. I don't know the exact um, the location, but it's the 50-50 winery, and his specialty is Pinot Noir. Oh, nice. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, that makes sense. No one would want to drink wine from Ohio. Ohio, no. Well, unless it was <laughs> yeah, like pri- you know. <laughs> prison wine, shit you make and right. you're in jail. All right, so we're talking. We're going to talk mainly about the first record. Uh, came out in 1978. So, Malcolm, when did you when did you first discover Devo? Do, do you remember like the first time you heard them? I'll never forget it because, as with so many uh, musical developments in my life. I owe it to Cream magazine. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Right, yeah, we've heard that a lot on this show. Yeah, Cream was, a, they were probably on the cover. Cream was, Cream was the bomb, and, and I always tell people that Cream was totally subversive, and in this case, this is actually a very good example of how and why they are subversive. 
I bought cream every single month, you know, back in the late 70s. Sure, sure. Go and get it off the and, magazine rack. Yeah, I'd go to the, the, the drugstore, you know, in my little suburban development. Yep. And that's, you know, at the drugstore is where I got the comic books. It's where I got Cream Magazine. It's where I got my wrestling magazines. Sure. It's, you know. EC it was, Comics. It was the, uh, the, excuse me? <laughs> you get your EC Comics? Uh, Marvel, thank you very much. Okay, uh, all right, okay. That's a whole nother Just, ball of yarn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's, an, that's another podcast we right. can go on for, you know, the, the, the wrestling is another podcast, the Marvel right. comics. I mean, oh, we'll so just you, stick to Devo. Okay, now. so you saw them, so you read about them before you actually heard them. Yes, I bought the issue of Cream because the Who were on the front cover. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. On the inside, there was this full-page ad, and it, it was for this new record, Are We Not Men, We Are Devo. I thought it was Devo. Sure, right? how would you know? Right. <laughs> and all I knew is that it was the most bizarre, weirdest-looking thing I'd ever seen yeah. in my life. Right? <laughs> I think that was the, the issue and, that had, like, Pete Townsend jumping and doing an air split on the cover, if I recall correctly, because I'm pretty sure... I had that issue. It sounds very familiar, and it you was know, a, it was I'll around the time of because yeah. I don't even remember. I just remember that full page ad for the Devo record, right? Yeah, and it, so you went. So you said, "I, I have to. I have to listen yeah, to this sure. band." So you went out to to get the record. Well, not even. It's like a, within a couple of weeks. Like I would go to Specs Music in the Westland Mall every weekend right. with my family. Right. You know, we take the big trip to the mall every Sunday, and I would go straight to Specs. And imagine my surprise when I walked in and there it was. The yeah. album was, yeah. it was there. Somehow, so. I guess I guess because, uh, you know, it, it, it was um, a very unusual record to have appear in a record store, especially in a Specs Music uh, in 1978. Um, when you think about it now, how strange it is. And I'm guessing <laughs> that was because of the uh, involvement of the the two people that basically produced it and mixed it, um, that there may have been some more marketing push behind it that uh, wouldn't have happened had it just, they had just been some guys out of uh, Akron that uh, put out a, you know, a record. Well, no doubt Brian Eno's production gave it a, a stamp of cachet that it would not have had ordinarily. Right. Um, but at least in the very beginning, Warner's was very committed to the group. They were absolutely committed to pushing Devo and making them into a platinum band. <laughs> okay, it's crazy, huh? I know it is crazy when you right. Think and about so we it should now. say the you name know. of the album because uh, it refers to. Um, um, well, Matthew they're said the entire it, question. Are we not men? We, we are, are Devo. We are, first oh, Devo. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Devo. All right. And that actually, um, Dieb, the concept of de evolution comes from a pamphlet, a 1920s um, anti evolution pamphlet um, <laughs> that I was reading this evening because I downloaded the text. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's, um, it's about what you would expect. Um, it's nutty. Plus, they also um, uh, take some of their philosophy from a book by. Uh, this odd uh, um, monk fellow. It's called uh, "The Beginning Was the End," where they um, his theory was that mankind evolved because they ate the brains of the pr other primates, and so that they uh, attained their uh, mental capacity from um, basically cannibalism or eating eating uh, monkey brains. It's a it's a very scholarly tome, as you might imagine. 
Yeah, it, it's a hell of a read. I recommend them both. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course you do. Uh, and then uh, David Bowie was involved too, right? He was, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, he, he yeah. according to the uh, Rob hates when I say this. But according to the wiki entry on the record, the uh, yeah boy that well, it's it's just basic information that um, Bowie mixed a lot of the tracks. And um, a couple of the tracks Incorrect. are... Incorrect. Yeah. No, not not right? Incorrect. Sorry. Uh, let, all right, let's hear it. Let's get the scoop from the, uh, from the yeah, sort, of, uh, sort of member of the, uh, the Devo uh, gathering thing. So let's hear it. Remember, you're, you're, ta- you're talking to the most Devo-obsessed guy in Connecticut right now. And um, all right, cool. I'm here so to set the it. record straight. All right, let's do it. Okay. So Bowie was an early champion of the group but he never actually did anything with them except to introduce them from the stage one night at Max's Kansas City in New York. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He apparently did initially offer a record deal to Devo, but it was totally unsatisfactory. So the band bailed on it, but it was at least indirectly because of Bowie's interest that Eno got involved, and right. he's the one who ended up producing the album. Right. Uh, okay. Well, but the, but the, it was not a happy marriage, the marriage of Eno and Devo, as I recall. That um, they pretty much no. had, they pretty much knew what they wanted to do, and Eno's experimentations were not really. He wanted to like Enoize it, but they already had. Yeah, they like you said, they pretty much knew because they had been around a, 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 while, a while already, right, yeah, Malcolm? Sure. So, uh, but it's well, like, yeah, they they'd already they they'd already been recording for the better part of five years at that point. Right, right. Um, tons of demos. Um, there was apparently an album recorded sometime in 1975, 1976. The information on that is very sketchy, <laughs> but there was an album apparently. Okay, that either never got finished or was scrapped or whatever. So they already had a lot, a fair amount of studio experience under their belts and they knew exactly what they wanted to sound like. Right. Right. And as you guys just said a second ago, Eno was completely the opposite. You know, he Devo wanted a totally stiff and rigid approach to the recording and production process where Eno wanted to go wild and explore the possibilities. Right, and they went all the way to, you know, they went to Connie Plank's studio in in Germany, and it it seems odd that they would go to that much effort if they already do exactly what they wanted. It's it's an interesting, um, uh, interesting situation. Well, there there is maybe the first example of some of the passive-aggressive nature of band Devo. There's a lot of contradiction, (laughs) you know, and definitely a lot of passive aggressive Uh in the way that they've done business and their relationships with the people, especially in the business. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the whole, the whole thing, it's so funny because, you know, (laughs) obviously, you know, the whole de-evolution thing in a way, it's a kind of a goof in that they didn't buy into really all this, the the pamphlet and all that. Oh, no, of course not. But they also this this concept of how man is not uh, actually man is kind of de-evolving. It's kind of like you yeah, look at true. it now and you see some. Of well, it, that's I think like that my understanding was Jerry Casale. It was after it was one of his friends was killed in the uh, the shootings at Kent State that he started to think, yeah, maybe this de-evolution idea is uh, there's something to it um, because yeah. he was there when the you know the was that the. Uh, State police or the uh, um, National Guard opened fire on this unarmed students. Right. And that absolutely was the catalyst for the whole thing. The basic idea being that any species would 
any species that would kill its own young was definitely screwed up. Definitely right. a okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. You know. Well, they definitely in their in their um in their especially a bit later after the first record, you can see where they talk about and they speak. They do videos and things which are obviously condescending towards uh, no- normal human, you know, the business behavior. Oh yeah, right. And right. that's a big uh, target. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a big target of theirs. And I, 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 I think. A- uh- I think Whip It being the best example of that video-wise. Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> but, you, but I can't help but feel, uh, Malcolm, like knowing you, and I've known you a long time, the way you are, that that spoke to you. That whole, that that attitude and everything must have really spoke to you in, in particular, I think, right? I, I think more on a, on a subliminal level because part of the beauty about Devo is that they landed this package on, on America's doorstep a completely fully formed, fully articulated concept, right? Which they did not explain at all, right? <laughs> right. So it just seemed like great, like well, and they were, were on, the they were on Saturday Night Live. That's the first. I was going to say that's the first time I saw them was on Saturday. And that Night was Live. in '78, right? So it was very, yeah. very early days for stuff like oh, that. And I was just like blown away yeah, right. by yeah, these, that performance. Yeah, is but kind it of made amazing. me. And then when I was in the record store, same thing. I saw the record and I said, "Oh my God, that's those guys." <laughs> yeah. And right. yeah, you get it. But all right, so let's get into the record because the one thing that's always bothered me about Devo, even though I feel like over the years, obviously they've gotten their uh, their credit as being an uh, amazing band, a great band, but still, you know, there are some people that just think of them as a joke band, as, right? Like, a yeah, joke no, and it's definitely not. And they're so much more than that. They're just even besides uh, whatever the the concept, and obviously some of it they is, they are a joke band, but the joke's on you. Yes, that's right. They're in. The, yeah. yeah, they're totally <laughs> in on the joke. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, so let's uh, let's get in. Let's listen to the opening track the magnificent uncontrollable urge this on and it's the first song you hear you're like you're like in right away right you're like blown away by this yeah pretty much i mean it's <clears throat> excuse me the, the it's been so often the case with a lot of the real bellwether albums of my youth i didn't know exactly what i was hearing but i knew i liked it right you're right, right, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of like uh, you know? peter peter prescott talking about uh buying uh here come the warm jets and being sure. not really, know, you know, knowing that he liked it, but not being fully comfortable, like, you know, <laughs> not having a, any reference points about uh, what, what to do with it, you know? Yeah. And the, the thing that, that grabbed me immediately was the sonic quality of the album, the production of it. 
every the, like that opening salvo, like on a normal rock and roll album, you know, it open like you know one, two, three, four, da 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 da. Right. Yeah. Be yeah. Like, you know, huge distorted guitars and a deep heavy bass yeah, and no. uh-uh. you know a lot of sturm und drang with the drumming with the drumming. But the Devo sound was the exact opposite. It was thin, intense, and yeah, yeah. And it's I don't not. Mean, I don't it's mean not. Thin. It's not. It's just very um, rigid and obviously intentionally so. Yeah, and the, the, when I say thin, I don't mean thin as in anemic. I mean thin as in like a razor blade. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. so it's still it's rock and roll, but it's coming at you from a different direction. Yeah, from it, a different right, angle exactly. Than, than like ACDC or something like that. Or and even it, punk yeah. rock. Or yeah, even, or yeah. even punk rock. Which, which, Malcolm, by that time, where you are, because that's still, it's still kind of early. Were you even into other punk bands or anything by then? Or were you just starting new? Because I, I was. I mean, I like the Ramones and bands like that. I was already into them, but... But Devo, even though I could tell they were sort of uh, looped in with them, although they did like to call them New Wave more. Like, uh, they definitely yeah. tried to put the New Wave thing on them. But right. were you into other bands, like uh, other like punk New Wave bands yet? Yeah, I was just starting to discover it. Like, I'm pretty sure I'd already gotten Nevermind the Bullocks by that point. Right, uh-huh. right. <laughs> I might have gotten, my first Ramones album was Rocket to Russia. Right, yeah. And so it's entirely possible that I had gotten that by that point but Devo was definitely amongst the very first of these bands i discovered and a lot of a lot of my discoveries flowed from that like for example at the same specs music in hialeah for some strange reason they had the first album by the dickies oh yeah oh no nice. oh, yeah sure <laughs> sure you know and so i was i looked at it and i was the, the credits, you know, guitar, bass, drums, keyboards. Oh, keyboards! Yeah, right, Maybe they sound right. like Devo. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I got it. Well, there's some, and there's some overlap like there. Yeah. Completely blown away by what it actually did sound like. Right. So, you know, Devo was definitely right there as I was discovering all the punk rock and new wave bands for sure. Right. So he's got an uncontrollable urge. It's got style. It's got class. So strong, I can't let it pass. So, <laughs> they sing a lot for a band of, of ostensibly nerds. These they sing a lot about sex. They I do, feel like yes. Either directly or indirectly, there's sex yeah. Goes is this? A I lot mean, is this stuff. the same uncontrollable urge that we are all experiencing as <laughs> as growing young men? Well, I mean, think about it. How how many uncontrollable urges are there to to blink your eyes, to eat food, to um, Urinate. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, sure. <laughs> well, some of us can. As we get older, it's harder to control that. Yeah, and do a podcast. Yeah. The uncontrollable <laughs> urge to a, it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mm, boy. Uh, all right. So now we get into the second song, and then uh, this. As far as I'm concerned, this is one of the greatest covers of totally. a rock song. Yep. Uh, ever because yep. some uh, it's possible some people hear it and don't even recognize this Correct. song. It actually yes. is. But it's brilliant. Let's listen to uh, the second song. I can't get no satisfaction. Oh 
got. I'm sure we're going to talk about him some more. But just the the drumming on this record of Alan Myers is just brilliant. Yeah, like a drum, like the drum. They called him the, what the like a the machine. They had like a name for him. Is that right? Yeah, they called him the human metronome. The human metronome. Yeah, and he's obviously doing sort of a Captain Beefheart herky jerky uh, rhythm on there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he went way far beyond being a mere metronome. His beats were really inventive, really complex, really convoluted. They all made sense. And yeah. like all the most of the parts that Devo played, you know, whether it was guitar or bass, drums, keyboard, none of them really made any sense. It was uh, it was definitely a music from far left field. Right. And that version of Satisfaction, basically it's five guys playing five completely different songs simultaneously right right <laughs> right and, and it works it works it's just so brilliant and it's so great because it's still it somehow still captures the essence oh, sure. of the song and sure. what it's about but in totally flipping it on its head <laughs> in fact it, prob- yeah, it, it probably was- captures the frustration better than the stones version which <laughs> right. of course you know right i have heard people say that i mean obviously some tr- tr- uh tr- uh Tried and true Stones fans hate it just because yeah. they hate anything like this. But then yeah. I've heard people say, "Oh, that's even better than the Stones." Right, song. right. And, and the video, and the video, of course, is one of the uh, incredible all-time great rock music videos ever. Yeah. Um, it features just some bizarre imagery, uh, and um, it, it's unforgettably great. No and, argument here. Yeah, and I think that they're they're probably if you had had Devo without the visual element. I think it's totally they're integrated. That visual style of theirs and the musical aspect were of a piece. So they presented this entire, like you said, this com- this complete uh, idea, this complete right, right. Package. This complete like art concept, which was all encompassing. And yes, it was, yeah, right. It included video because they were doing yep. videos before Way that. Before, Later, yeah. they were making like these the weird truth, videos. The, the truth about the evolution. That's from '76, right? With the uh, with Boogie huh. Boy and the and the, the dad and uh, the the crib oh, yeah. and the toaster. It's so creepy. I love it's it. So yeah, great. oh yeah. Did you get the <laughs> papers? Actually, from the- if you want to go on seventy five, actually, they're they're even. That was one year more ahead of their time than they were. Yeah, all right. Than you thought they were. <laughs> Did you wow. get the papers from the baby. get the papers Ooh. from the Chinese man? Yes, Dad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, so, so now uh, we get to the third song, and we have more allusions, I think, to masturbation a little coming up. Yeah, sure. Uh, but also a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, word wordplay and stuff yeah. in this. So let's listen to a little bit of praying hands. <laughs> You got your left hand You got your 
So what's what's the left hand doing while the, <laughs> the left hand's diddling? Well, you know, your left hand's diddling. Yeah. Now, I, all right, just real quick, side note, I have a question for you guys, because I'm left-handed. So, Me too, yeah. All right, so isn't it the other, is it opposite It should be switch, yeah. Or it is, right? Is it? Sure. <laughs> it, it does it work like that? I don't know. Does it? I'm asking a, Malcolm, are, are you right-handed? I'm right-handed, but I've, I've been known to diddle with my left. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then I guess maybe there's no rhyme or reason, <laughs> or maybe I'm asking the wrong people. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. It, as they, you know, if the spud fits, wear it. Right. <laughs> All right. So you, uh, no. So how old were you? Like 1978, Malcolm? I don't even know. Barry was asking. I think we're all around the same age. But how old were you in 1978? Uh, well, when Are We Not Men came out, I had just turned 14. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay, I was right. born in 64. Uh, us too. So we're all like teenage boys. So this, it adds like another level of just oh, like, sure. because these, these bands sing about these weird things and you don't get it all right away, but no. but it's still. You, well, you might have an inkling, but you find it hard to believe that they, they're they actually talking about that. You think <laughs> that you're, you must be missing some aspect of it. They can't possibly right. be talking about jerking off in a song <laughs> or, or to, you know, you know, multiple songs i had no idea i just took everything at face value um i thought they were singing about praying yeah right, well right, right. i mean they in a sense they are that does you know they sort of go yeah they, they go there cheer, they start talking yeah. about it a little bit but right there's definitely when you get the word diddling i mean there's right. just but no. they're sort of and i think they're sort of making fun like a spiritual enlightenment like you can get enlightenment oh, in all different right, ways exactly you know? so, yep yeah. Um, or the, or the, the true background. Go ahead. The actual background on that is that um, there's a certain brand of TV preacher that was indigenous to Ohio, ah. and like Ernest Angley was one of them. Oh, there's a couple others. Yeah, those people. And so the guys in Devo spent a lot of time watching them on TV and making fun of them. Oh, uh, okay, there you go. okay, yeah. And uh, Jerry Casali, uh, especially, he's got a really good way. Like when he sings in that oh, yeah. uh, in that mm. voice, that that's ultra mm-hmm. smarmy, sarcastic mm-hmm. voice. I feel like he's probably aping those guys that he saw on the for, TV a for lot. Sure, of times. yeah. Oh, no doubt. He does, he does a wicked Ernest Angley impression, if you ask him to. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's great. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, we're about uh, halfway through this thing. Not, not the record, but our little, uh, our little thing that we do. So let's, uh, we're going to take a little break. Uh, Malcolm, you just stand by. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to be back in a minute with more of uh, Malcolm Tent talking about Devo. Uh, this is That Record Got Me High. We'll be back in a minute. The employees and management of That Record Got Me High podcast are eternally grateful, and will never ever ever forget, the incredible and, many people have said, unprecedented generosity of our magnanimous and benevolent sponsor, the 8-panel webcomic, Is This Tomorrow, Is This Tomorrow controls the entire media landscape of the United States, and its territories, with a series of secret satellites. These satellites are specially designed to maneuver into place, and hover over your house at night, from this location they can either beam happy thoughts, like Bob Ross or Kitten videos, or very very unhappy thoughts, like November 2016 or the end of the movie The Mist, directly into your frontal lobes using microwave technology, so you better not pout, you better not cry, you better not shout, I'm telling you why, is this tomorrow controls your thoughts, to meet your psychic masters face to face, visit is, this, tomorrow.com, once again, for the stubborn and dim-witted amongst you, is, this, tomorrow.com, you must not think bad thoughts. Um, alright, so, Barry's gonna let me know if we're rolling? We're rolling. Of course we're rolling. 
All right, so we're back. This is That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we are talking to the endlessly interesting Malcolm Tent, uh, who's here Hi. with us talking about probably one of your favorite, I would say, it's got to be one of your all-time favorite bands, right? Oh, they, they are the number one. They're the be-all and the end-all. Okay, so you're not even nope. coy. Yeah, you're not coy about it or anything. Yeah, they definitely... Nah, no one touches are. Devo. I mean, you know, right. for what we mentioned earlier, just the total completeness of the concept with the art, the music, the stage show, the philosophy. Right. They've kept me engaged for 41 years now, and there aren't many bands who can do that. Right? Yeah, that's true. And uh, But this is, for us, for all of us, this is where it all started for all of right. us. Right. Uh, so let's listen to uh, song number four. Let's listen to a little bit of Space Junk. something that uh, uh, a lot of Devo songs uh, they're just like really good so they're, they're great songwriters and yeah, this yeah. song when you listen to it it's it's poppy it's almost it, like it a is, pop sure. song especially when it starts out and then they always throw in the little uh, you know the well, little uh, janky thing the, the line that gets me in this one is is I never touched her so it's one of those things where Okay, this uh, his girlfriend is dead. Right, because space junk's falling out of the, the sky. sky. But the fact, the fact that she has to say, I, you know, I, I never touched her, right. was it's kind of yeah. funny. Uh, it's kind of an interesting yeah. interjection there. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't it, do it's that. the way the it's the way those lyrics are stripped down to the absolute bare minimum, and yet. They they throw those sly little digs and asides yes, in there, which yes, make uh-huh. them that much weightier when they land on you. Right, right. Exactly. It, it smashed my baby's head, and now my Sally's dead. Yeah. Oh Poor man, Sally. that that's that's the one of the lines that got me when I was 14 years old. I thought that was hilarious. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. And this song. Well, they're also talking about. I mean, that was Skylab. Was what 1977 when Skylab fell out of the sky the and uh the pieces were so this is was actually topical for the era right. there was well you know, any yeah. weird any weird thing that was going on they were going to do comment yeah, they were going to commentary sure. just because they found everything ridiculous like modern life exactly. was just ridiculous them which they're right it really is ridiculous true um absolutely and, and this song has a really cool but strangely traditional bob Mothersboro, uh, Mothersboro. I guess it's Bob Mothersboro does a lot of the leads, right? And he plays a lead at the end, and it's almost like like a regular sure. rock read, uh, a rock lead. And and that's what's uh, that's what I always loved about Devo because also they were still just a really great rock band. Those guys were all great musicians. Yeah, sure. And and they knew when to when to overplay and when not to overplay. Right. And the, and if you look at their stage show, uh, even or even during this era, it was the cor- it, having to play this stuff and the choreography that was. In every tune, there's something going on that you have to do. It's almost like being in James Brown's band, where you know you got to do the right. steps. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's it's it was very impressive. There's there's a lot more going on than uh, just <laughs> get guys playing weird songs. Yeah, and the thing that the thing that I I've come to learn over the years is I I kind of like Devo to Picasso in a lot of ways because you know Picasso had the training and the technique to paint like a classicist and like right in you know in in the classical style right and he totally took that and deconstructed it to create cubism right and all five members of Devo had long experience in regular rock and roll bands and oh, in yeah. regular blues yeah, yeah. bands regular right. surf bands so these guys each brought something to the table which they completely deconstructed and stripped down to the very essence and Jerry Casali's thing was always repetition he just loved repetition like a machine repeating and right 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 you know the, the riff in space junk is such a great example of that it's just repetition 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 right and which is after a, yeah, while, yeah krautrock thing right i mean would these guys yeah. have been uh hip to stuff uh that sort of i mean they recorded at connie plank's place so craft work and um they would have been aware of that thing that stuff i would i'm, I'm sure right yeah, definitely, and I don't. I don't think they would ever, ever, ever admit to actually being influenced by anybody. But they definitely, <laughs> right? You know, right. they're they're, they're kind of like Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is hyper aware. He knows what's going on. The Stones, they know what's going on and who's happening and what's trendy and what's hip. But no one sounds like Dylan. No one sounds like the Stones, and no one sounds like Devo. That's correct. That's <laughs> right. True. That's yeah, good. Sure. <laughs> That's a good point. Right. You know. And they're never, ever three ever going to appear on a bill together, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That would be some mm. show, man. Uh, it would. <laughs> I would go to that. Yeah. Um, all if right. Free, tickets are going to be pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure the <laughs> tickets would be way overpriced. So. Um, all right. So we get to the next song. Oh, this song is a monster. This song is brutal. This is a brutal oh, song. Boy. Song number five. We'll listen to a little bit of Mongoloid. My favorite Devo song. and then also brutal in the subject matter. Well, that's the thing I love about this song is that this is their, this is sort of their core message to me is that there's this society full of people who are completely, um, that it doesn't, (laughs) 
it doesn't really matter whether they're fully functioning mentally or not as long as they fill in the slot that's been made available for them um then it doesn't nobody cares it doesn't matter so yeah sure it's mongoloid which is a is now a term that we don't use anymore for somebody who would down <laughs> Malcolm, syndrome. Malcolm might still use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... Uh, when, when the circumstances are correct, yes. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but the fact that, uh, you know, the, the guy goes to work, he brings home the bacon. Uh, po- I know, poor working. And you know what? I'm very sensitive to songs that make fun of the poor working stiff, because I think, ah, eh, that's kind of like an easy target, but they, but they're talk. I don't think they're talking about a blue, they're talking more like a white collar stiff, Fuck because yeah, white collar he had guy. a hat. He wore a hat. He wore a hat. So and he he had wore a, a hat to the job, probably had a little thin side. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, more white collar, which yeah. is okay. It's better. He than shows up at work, work and you know, you know, well, punches Jerry, the buttons. Jerry said in an inter- interview once that Mongoloids likes the song, but the Mongoloids' parents didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. We'll see. I, I have a short. Uh, I have a short um, personal anecdote about this song, which was one of my uh, good friends growing up, who has been mentioned on the show many times. Um, but because of the subject matter, I will not mention his name. He had uh, an uncle who had Down syndrome who was r- really cool and was a huge Elvis fan and knew all these Elvis lyrics and would sing Elvis songs. And so uh, when this song came out, it was kind of like, Oh, no, yeah. you can't sing that around. <laughs> no, you could. He, oh, yeah. I think, oh, his uncle you could, but not uh, his parents. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not the uncle's parents for sure. But, um, you know, that he was... Uh, he was hip and he was cool and he was um, a mongoloid. So, right. uh, but I guess the, the theme, the overarching theme, is that ignorance is bliss. Like people walk walk around if you're ignorant sure. of things. You that don't going know. On. Yeah, it it yeah. Uh, determined and what he what he could see. That's right. And one thing that Devo always said was that you know we're not making fun of anybody. Look at us. We're the most ridiculous looking yes. people. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. You know? I'm gonna allow that they said that, but I'm gonna say that this that one of the reasons I like this song. Is because it's incredibly condescending, and which is which is what I love about it. <laughs> they can say that all they want, but there's an extraordinarily snide message in this song. No, but but that makes it when what what Malcolm says, I like that because it makes him seem a little less mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, all right. So now we get to their to their uh, sort of like the the grand Devo statement. Fuck yeah. Uh, well, this is a, this song had been around for a while too. Jocko Homo is one of their earlier creations, right? Am I and right? there is and there's early versions of it, right, yeah. Malcolm? Right. Yeah. There's the the the, the soundtrack to uh, the truth about the evolution has the original 1974 demo, which is like music from another. If you think this is music from another planet. You can hear that one. Right, right, sure. right. Oh, man. And worth worth seeking out that video on YouTube uh, and watching it in its entirety. It, it's incredibly entertaining. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Fantastic. With, a, with a little buzz on. All right, listen to <laughs> Jocko Homo. <laughs> Thank you. 
information has been suppressed, but now it can be told. Every man, woman, and mutant on this planet shall know the truth about de-evolution. Oh, Dad, we're all evil. And, and, and this song, um, all right, they tell us that we lost our tails, bobbing up from little snails. I say it's all just wind and sails. Are we not men? Yeah, we are Devo. All right, so Malcolm, uh, obviously, so we, uh, tell us where they got the We Are Devo, where they got that from, because it was from like a... Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you that, but I'm going to offer something that actually just occurred to me listening to that song. Are We Not Men? We Are Devo is actually kind of a repost to Mongoloid, because they're asking a very fundamental question. Are we not men? Right. We are, we are Devo, and Devo being the descendants of cannibalistic brain-eating that's apes. That's right. That's right. We're all Devo. That's right. right. We're so, all Devo. You know, and we're all in the same boat as oh, yeah. the, quote, mongoloid, exactly. unquote. Oh, right. one, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Yes, I never no thought that I never no thought that I was excluded from that, from the, uh, uh, the, the, the snark in the previous tune. <laughs> oh, no, you're in, man. You're in. <laughs> exactly. You're in. All right, so that movie, that was the, the original, The Island of Lost Souls, which is a cool movie because they made, the, the remakes weren't as good, like no, The Island of not. Dr. Morale, but The Island of Lost Souls was from 1932, and that is a creepy-ass movie. Yeah. Yeah. Are we not men? And then the ideas, of course. What was the? What's the name of the author that wrote the? Um, the beginning was the end. I can't ever remember his name. Uh, that was Oscar Kiss Myarth. That's right. Who was a? <laughs> yeah. Who was a totally very like t- Tibetan? He wasn't Tibetan, but he studied Tibetan Buddhism. And the book has all sorts of uh, photos of comparing the shapes of human faces to various. Uh, monkey faces, oh. and he, according to him, that this particular race of people evolved because they ate these particular monkeys. Yeah, it's a very. It's, um, <clears throat> it's, I'm sure it's very sound so, scientific. So discussion. there's a great. I found a great Mark Mothersbaugh quote about when they first when he saw the movie or something. He said, "At at one point, these half human, half animal creatures are walking in a line around a fire in the woods at night, while the doctor's working in the house of pain, and they were casting shadows on the side of the house of pain." And I saw these shadows of these subhuman creatures just slouching past the wall, and I was like, "Holy crap! I know these people. They live here in <laughs> yeah. in Akron, Akron with me." <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but the weird silliness of the song—it sort of ma- it masks how sophisticated musically yeah. it is because yep. it's got these different parts. The first part is sort of like the the science of it, and it's got that. Repetitiveness again, that da, yes, da, da. machine-like quality, and then it goes into this bridge, this real ominous bridge, with the yeah. thumping, the bass drum is right. thumping. And right. then, yeah. uh, all right, so Malcolm, when was the first time you saw Devo live? Uh, when did you first see? First, it? the first time I saw Devo live was actually the first concert I ever went to. Wow! And that was August first, nineteen eighty, at the Guzman Cultural Center in downtown right. Miami. Yes, yeah. Guzman. Okay, I was at that show too, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> and did you and did you see him the next year at um, Sunrise uh, Music Theater? Yep, that was November. I forget the exact date. I think the fifteenth, nineteen eighty-one, of the Sunrise. And right, 
to this day, that particular concert is still one of the best I've ever seen by I, anybody anywhere. I'm so glad you said that, Malcolm, because I tell people all the time, the best rock concert I ever went to was that one at Sunrise. Wow. And I particularly remember when they did this song, they did, because that was already uh, new tradition, so they had probably had more money for sets and stuff. Sure. But they did yeah. in that part, uh, all the lights, the lights went out and there was just backlights behind them. And they took their instruments off and they were hanging from these bars like monkeys. Oh, and you man. just saw their shadows hanging doing that. Top, 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 top. And it was amazing. Yeah, but yeah. that whole show, they like they basically started uh, basically all playing synthesizers. And by the end of the show, they were a, a guitar, bass, and drum, like all guitars, bass, and drums in it. And yeah, it was just amazing. It was the best rock show I've ever seen in my life. Fantastic. Yeah, blew blew me away. I mean, and you know, I've seen Devo. I don't even know how many times, but that was the best. It was all right. Good. I'm so. It wasn't just me because I didn't do drugs. Oh uh, no, I didn't do drugs. So, but yeah, that no. got, that show got me high. Um, so God, I made, never touched her. God made man, <laughs> but he used a monkey to do, do it. it. That's right. Apes <laughs> in the plan. We're all here to prove it. I can walk like an ape, talk like an ape. I can do what monkey do. God made man, but a monkey supplied the glue. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so good. Right. Damn straight. And then the brilliant the <laughs> call and response, are we not men? We are, I mean, it's, it's uh. just brilliant. Because on the one hand, it's so absurd, but it must, to get this whole theater of people yes. calling and response, yes. yelling it back to you, it, it's amazing. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, well, and listening uh, to that as a 14-year-old, it, it kind of gets back to the way I reacted when I saw that full page ad. I didn't know what. They were talking about right, yeah. right, I, right. But I knew I needed it. Yeah, right. And then later on, you know? we, we discovered you discovered it, right? You read about it, and you read about. It, but right, you didn't have to know because it sort of got you on a visceral in, in a visceral. Yeah, way. yeah. And I just you know all these decades, I'm still unraveling the puzzle. You know, it's it's such a <laughs> right. You know, multifaceted, multi-layered hunk of philosophy they've laid down. It's. They, they still astound me. I'm still learning things about it. I'm still um, understanding it more and more. And, you know, I love the village people, too, but the village people ain't got that. <laughs> really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we flip the record over. We all, because when we all had this, we had the goddamn course, record. get up and flip it over. <laughs> and now That's we right. flip it over. Listen to the first song on side two, Too Much Paranoias. <laughs> So I'm guessing there's a few synthesizer sounds on this album. They did say that they did. There were some of the things that Brian Eno had suggested that they did use. And whenever I hear a sound like that, I think, well, maybe that's where Eno's uh, Eno managed to make his mark on this album. That's definitely his production, because you can listen to a lot of the live versions of that song from around that era. And none of them have a synthesizer sound like that. Right. Anywhere. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, he was able to sneak a few in, <laughs> and it's great. This song is great because it's about the paranoia of being like marketed to and being sold shit. Yeah, well uh, they've got well at the time. Let's uh, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. <laughs> All we yeah. want is that you let us have it your way. Have it at Burger King. It was the Burger King jingle that they're actually. Um, they say Big Mac attack, but it's the Burger King right. jingle. And yes. we still remember it to this day. You just saying we can sing it word for word. That's yeah. exactly it. yeah. To, uh, let's see, two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. There you go. What's that? That's a Big Mac. <laughs> How, how subversive is that, I man? When you think about it, it okay. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It is more and subversive than anything Devo could come up with. It is. Well, you that's know, the, that's and, the thing. Okay, that's that's what they're expressing is they are pointing out that the commercial culture is more insidious than they can even. Uh, that they can't, they can't even approach the level of insidiousness. On their best day. They On their can, best yeah. day. Because, yeah. as you know, um, I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. <laughs> well, we all watched a lot of TV when we were young, we right? Did, well, we, <laughs> we of course. The radio. That's all yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so now. Devo. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I you was going to say Devo. Go. Actually, Devo has spoken to that directly in interviews. They said that they wished that they had the the mastery of those techniques in order to get their <laughs> right. philosophy Mind across. control. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Mind right. control. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So now we get to uh, my favorite, one of my favorite songs in the record and one of my favorite rock and roll songs. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this song. This is, yeah. Well, I'd said Mongoloid is my favorite, but it's tied <laughs> with Gut Feeling because Gut Feeling is an incredible tune. It really is. Listen to a little bit of Gut Feeling. song on yes. this record yeah um but it's still brilliant it's got it's just that repeat just that five chord progression which yeah. is like an extra chord than normally there would be in yes. a progression which is the genius of it it's a great yeah, yeah. and uh, and it just builds and builds and builds something about the way you taste makes me want to clear my throat there's a message to your movements that really, really gets, gets my go. goat. I look for silver linings, but you're rotten to the core. I've had just about all I can take. You know, I can't take it no more. Got a gut feeling. It, it's it's and it just builds and builds and builds. And uh, Malcolm, who who's this song about? Do you know? Um, I might have an idea, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Oh, well, you can talk. Okay. Ar- how about you talk around it so that we 
we can't. So we just. Well, it's about uh, betrayal. Someone that felt like they're betrayed by someone and got like almost is emotionally it a, uh, abused. About, uh, we'll do twenty questions. Is it a? It, is it a music industry figure or is it like a lover personal figure? Well, let's just say that uh, Devo had a lot of girlfriends that got left behind when they moved to L.A. Oh, okay. okay. And now, I, all right, just I'm, saying. Yeah. One now, thing. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I always wondered because when I listen to it, it sounds like he's saying <laughs> it makes sense saying I look for silver linings, but you're rotten to the core. But it sounds like he's saying sniffy linings or something. <laughs> Do you know? Is he just like? Uh, I always thought it was sniffier, but I never read the lyric sheet, believe it or not. Well, I don't know if there's a proper lyric sheet. I mean, but when you look online, you know, you find shit, and half the time it's not right anyway. Okay, and I want to add in here, you know the way the keyboards are played on this? Is there a band that you can think of that might they might have heard that this song would have influenced? To me, The Stranglers. The Stranglers. This song definitely sounds like a Stranglers song. And Malcolm, me and Barry did, we we did like a month or so ago, we did a Stranglers episode, and I did read something about J.J. Burnell saying about how they had, they were aware of Devo and everything, and and that was an influence on them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I makes a really, lot of sense, and I never really thought about that. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this song, just listening to it, definitely. It sounds yeah, like it sounds great. like right, exactly. Right. Sounds well, like a Stranglers uh, tune. Good on them for getting a good uh, influence from a good, a good right, American exactly. band. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, right. no, I think that both bands hurt each other. I think Devo heard the Stranglers because the Stranglers were around 77, 76, and they had that sound. So I think Devo heard. Um, like uh, Radis Norvegicus or, or, or Normal Heroes. Oh, probably, yeah. But and like Malcolm said, they, they, they wouldn't admit they, were, they won't admit it. Of course not. But there was probably cross-pollination <laughs> yeah. there because if you listen to uh, um, a Gospel According to Men in Black, the Stranglers record, it's a very Devo record. It is. And very <laughs> weird. It is, yes. Now, all right. and yeah, this, well, No, go ahead, Malcolm. I was going to say, I've always thought the song... Uh, uh, what is it? The second song on side one of Men in Black really sounds Devo, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I'm but, sure uh, that they they were they they talked about having being very aware of Devo, and I think that there was a kindred um, interest in the um, un- the the bizarre and unusual, um, possibly yeah. possibly even more so uh, by the Stranglers than uh, Devo. Oh, I got it. Um, the songs it's called Just Like Nothing on Earth. Just oh like yeah, just like nothing, nothing on Earth. Earth. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a great song sure. too. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right, Malcolm. That is very that whole record is uh, like Barry said, it is very uh yeah. That's that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's dark my, that's and my favorite weird. Stranglers album. It's a great album, it really is. I'm um, not well we I mean we did black and white because Black and white is definitely the one that I. I'm gonna. If I'm gonna slap one on, yeah. But also sure. gospel, yeah, gospel is great, and I think eventually we'll end up doing that. Of course. All right. So right at the end of this song, it goes into that little. Just when it keeps getting franticer and franticer. Yeah, yeah. Oh right. Then, then it, it breaks. Slap your mommy. Yeah. Gets into <laughs> slap your mommy down. Slap your mommy. It's down like a again. separate. It's like a different different song. It is, and and yeah. they, they like stuff like that too. They liked almost sounds like a, a traditional type thing, although but but like hyper. Well, right. But it's. Well, I almost think that. The the, the end. It's just a way to end the song because the song. There was nowhere else for it. To there's go. nowhere else for it to go. It just <laughs> yeah. builds and builds in intensity. Yeah. What are you gonna do at the end of that? And um, you're gonna slap your mammy down. You're gonna slap your pappy down again. And it, <laughs> it's just. And I think that's the. Uh, 
Oh, uh, well, there's a little, there's another, um, slap your mammy down, slap your pappy down again. Oh, move it up and down Move it again, up and down again. now and move it all around now. Yep. <laughs> so once again, I think slapping your mammy and your pappy might be a, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. a, a double on top. Uh, they were obsessed. They were clearly obsessed with that. Um, <laughs> all right. So now this next song was actually also featured on a movie, on a movie that, that had a big effect on me. It was in Rock and Roll High, the movie Rock and oh, Roll yeah. High School. Fuck and I remember yeah. seeing that movie oh, and I remember yeah. hearing this song and going, I know that song and it's awesome. So let's listen to a little bit of Comeback Johnny. <laughs> Maybe this is. Uh, um, well, I always felt like a deconstructed uh, Johnny B. Good. It, it is, of course, but there's a. I just I realized there's a surf music quality to it as well, um, and that I just sort of because I was thinking about their version of Secret Agent Man. Um, they've got a they've got a um, an influence from that. 60s, um, that clean guitar didn't come yeah, from nowhere. Right, and a lot of times they, they do that. That's also a subversive thing to have this rock band and play that ultra clean, a super clean yeah, guitar, twangy, yeah, yeah, twangy, thing, twangy guitar, guitar. Sure. Now, now, Malcolm, I've read. Is there like a JFK connection in this song too, though, or is that just? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think it's a very oblique reference. But when they first started playing that song live, they would have a pom pom girl come out with a placard that had a big picture of JFK oh, okay. that they that they, they glued a football like the, a cutout of a drawing of a football on top of his head <laughs> so it looked like and it, and it said come back Johnny on it <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah uh, and the song is ca- catchy as fuck. Too. It is, so yeah. Really, oh, yeah, totally. Really good, song. Well, Johnny, you're bad. You're going to make her sad. I mean, the lyrics are extraordinarily um, de- deconstructed down to the most simple, um, like, in fact, like, sub-Iggy level of, like, what's the minimum number of words well, yeah, I can say? Yeah, that's what Malcolm was saying, yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. They sort of bring it down to its the, 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 whatever, yeah, the minimum amount it could be to get the point across. Yeah. Yeah, and the lyric sheet to the album takes it even further. If you read it, it it's like sort of like a the the Campbell's condensed soup version of the lyrics that are actually on the record. There's even it's like there's no repetition. It like oh right right yeah you're right. They just put the word. It's like whatever the, the words only get said once, and if there's a repetition, they don't they bother. Don't, they don't bother putting it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Exactly. It's up to you to you know go back and read the line again. You know every time <laughs> that uh, the, the line is repeated. And I, when I was learning how to play that song, because I've done my, my a couple tours of duty as the guitar player in the Devo tribute band, 
that plays at the oh, devotional nice. every year. Nice. Yeah, that, that, that's a tough gig, let me tell you. But I love Comeback Johnny because the the opening four notes are da 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 da. Right. It's an upside down pentatonic minor. Oh. <laughs> and nobody does that. Like Eric Clapton has spent the last 75 years boring us to death by playing the pentatonic minor scale, you know, forwards. Okay. Leave it to Devo to play it backwards and create something completely new. That's great. (laughs) You know? And, I love that. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Um. You know, speaking of all the deconstructed rock thing and everything, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna ever do an Eric Clapton record. No, I don't think, and I don't think Eric Clapton will be on our show. So don't worry about it. We yeah. can say whatever. Screw Eric yeah. Clapton. Screw him. Yeah, he's the last surviving member of. I Korean. remember. Do you remember for a while, Bob? Um, Mother's Ball had this guitar. It was basically a Les Paul, but the part of the Les Paul that curves inward, it curved outward. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Intentionally ugly instruments. It was so weird, but it was perfect for yeah, perfect for him. Um, they actually just they actually just reissued those. That was a, a a guitar that he was customizing himself, so he took a jigsaw to it. Yeah. Okay. And just glued the part on backwards because he thought it looked funny. Yeah, I mean, just imagine how uncomfortable it was to wear those yellow outfits on stage. Just like the note. Like plastic, <laughs> entire plastic yeah. wardrobe. Well, that's why they would strip them down finally and be have the black uh, jump, jumpsuits. <laughs> right. <under it>. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and, so. if, and if you look at concert videos from more recent years, you'll notice they have ventilation holes in them. Now. <laughs> <laughs> they wised up finally. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for right. them. All right. So someone someone saw their baby getting sloppy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of that. drumming on this is just yeah. like it's perfect and it's so good it's so like yeah. inventive but he doesn't you know without he, uh, you know without overplaying or doing all these stupid Nothing. fills but right. it's just like so cool it's great he's, he's such a good drummer the, the we should mention that, that yeah that, um, go ahead is that uh, Alan's first instrument was the saxophone <laughs> oh really <laughs> we should mention that yeah. a couple of members of this album uh, have Passed on to uh, um, the uh, yeah, Alan Myers is no longer with us, and who else passed away? Bob uh, Bob Casali, right? Yeah, and they, they worked within a couple of years of each other. It was pretty recent, as I recall, both of them. Yeah, which I just, is a drag. I would drag. like to go on record right now as saying that Bob Casali was one of the sweetest human beings who ever oh, raised really? this planet. Oh, okay. Like an, an absolute, genuine, down to earth hell of a nice guy. 
and a, 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 a wicked chef, too, I might add. Oh, wow. really? Okay, well, that's nice to hear. That's always great to hear about the band you love when you hear about the people in it, that they're that they're cool, that they're cool to their fans and they're good yeah. guys. I mean, because usually you hear the, the opposite. Yeah, well, I think the opposite yeah. is probably true of Mother's Ball, so of Mark Mother's <laughs> Ball, right? So, right? They've got, they've got it all covered. So tell me what happens here. She buys a car. Um, it didn't get very far. Maybe she bought a Plymouth Valiant or a Plymouth K car, but those were around mm. and um, <laughs> didn't get her very far. And then she said, my baby, she said, sloppy. I think I missed the hole. And so yeah. <clears throat> sloppy and hole, there's more going on here than just buying a car that didn't run. That didn't run. Um, what's going on? Is there? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, even at the tender age of 14, I kind of suspected that, that that might have been a naughty lyric. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. it. Even, yeah. even you got it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a great, yeah, that was a great thing about Devo, too. And then later, I mean, I didn't discover their earlier stuff, like the stuff that's on the hardcore Devo until right, later, but right. that stuff is great. There yeah, is yeah, some, sure. and that stuff is really twisted, some of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, well, just think about how, I mean, how, these guys are in fucking Akron, Ohio, and... um like what was in the water there? Because <laughs> we got uh, Chrissy Hine is also from Akron, right? And then you had uh, from Cleveland, you had Rocket from the Tombs. There was um, quite a we owe Ohio a, a debt of gratitude from a uh, musical <laughs> history standpoint. Yeah, Ohio. Uh, I don't know if you guys spend a whole lot of time out there, but I, I play out in Ohio fairly often. I love Ohio. Uh, I don't know, and it's like what you just said. I don't know if it's something in the water, something in the air, but it's very conducive to rock and roll. Right, because it's and Indiana's I, right next door, and you, we don't have jack shit from Indiana. <laughs> no, no. Indiana wants me, but I ain't going there, that's for sure. Um, yeah, right. I think I've... I've, I've played more off-the-chain shows in Ohio than probably anywhere except maybe North Carolina, but that's... Another topic for really? the podcast. Oh, okay. right. yeah. That's surprising. It's according to uh, yeah, Ian, you know, Ian Hunter. Cleveland rocks. All right, so we're at uh, we're at the final song on this amazing record, and and this song to me sort of harkens a little back to their earlier the weirder stuff, and it's a because it, it, it's it definitely I would say the weirdest song of the record maybe. And yeah. uh, let's listen to a little bit of Shrivel Up. In that voice, I said that like yeah, that real that smarmy, that smarmy uh, satirical, vaguely unsettling yeah. <laughs> vocal style. Yes, um, you're gonna shrivel up. I was. There's something about this that's familiar, and I think it's a sound maybe from David Bowie's "Low" that I'm hearing in there. There's some little something in there. If I can, if I can figure out what it is, I'll play it up. 
uh, under obviously I think they would have been familiar with um, Bowie I think they actually copped to being influenced by Bowie um, yeah and uh, but the rest of it is you know is extremely strange um, <laughs> you're gonna unsettling. Your <laughs> it's a god-given fact you gotta you buy lose. him by the sack which what did you buy by the sack do you know this Malcolm do you remember that um, I always just assumed potatoes. I couldn't no, be wrong. White Castle. That, that was the White Castle ah, uh, tagline. So hamburgers oh, again. Right. I'm from New York. I'm from Queens. So okay. you buy them by the sack, White Castle. That you're going to lose uh, your yeah, mom. I'm a Florida boy. We didn't have that. Right. right. No, no. You, we, we wish we had White Castle. Okay. Right so here. your maw is your, is your like, like the maw, like the maw is like a part of a, of an animal, right? You're going to lose your, you, you're going to lose your maw is different than your ma, M-A. So, what the hell is a maw? Let's see. Let's look it up. I'll it's, just say yeah, like going into the maw of the jaws uh, or throat of a voracious animal. You're going to lose your you maw. Um, so what is this song? I think it, like now reading the lyrics, it almost seems like the song's about getting older and like losing your shit as you get older. Maybe. So. I don't know. It's, it's weird and disturbing. Oh, you know what? Here's what it reminds me of. Um, when did Third Reich and Roll by the Residents come out? These guys, they oh, would have... Was, uh, 76? Yeah, 77. Yeah. Seven, okay, 76, yeah. Yeah, so there's a Residents quality to this song, and that's what I'm hearing. I is have to imagine they had to be Residents fans. I, right? They, they got to be Residents fans. There's no doubt. They definitely knew of each other. Right. right yeah, right. okay. So... <laughs> I'm going to take know, that as, as a yes. As, <laughs> as far as the meanings of these songs, like for me, I never really thought about it. I was just happy to be disturbed. Yeah, by no, the you're song. right. For you're sure. probably right. That's probably the right way to uh, <laughs> to go because yeah. Not, yeah, there's no sense. There's uh, diminishing returns if you're going to dig in too far, especially something like this because it's all meant to just sort of get wash over you. It's like you don't need, you don't want an, an artist to explain his whole painting to you. You just want to look right. at it exactly. and soak it in and get it. So yeah, this is the same thing. It's like a case where, it, where ignorance really is bliss. There like kind is, of like that's right. That's right. Well, there's, they, they hit a, quite a few topics in here. It's at the top of the list that you can't get pissed. No, you can't get pissed. And I think they're they're talking about um, the American version of being pissed, which is angry instead of being drunk. It's rule number one. Living right isn't fun. Living right isn't fun. Because it's a God-given fact that you can't go back. Time moves forward, doesn't go back. Um, and you're going to lose your maw. I think it's about death. I think you're right. I think you're gonna, when you shrivel up, it's basically, yeah. Yeah, you're dead. Hmm. But they did not. But uh, they did not die. They put out uh, great. I I loved uh, the the next like, I guess the next three records. I loved yeah. of theirs. Yeah. And then I sort of I I'll admit that I kind of sort of didn't you know pay attention to them as much uh, later well, the, on. The mid '80s kind of hit, and um, they sort of got put in the blender with a lot of other things that were already um, that were appearing and. Um, people that they had actually probably influenced but who had also um right. and by that point i was into american alternative rock right but so too so you sort of lose uh you know but they, they still make a lot they still put out a lot of great music and they still kept true to their artiste uh mentality right i would say they're not a band that ever sold out <laughs> no no never and and never. The, the 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 theory of de-evolution was always in play the, the entire idea of Devo was always there. It informed everything that they have ever done up to the present day. They've never once deviated from that, with the possible exception of their album Total Devo, which 
they said answered the question, "Are we not men?" And the answer was yes. <laughs> okay. All right. In, in my opinion, I like the other answer better. Right, right. But, yeah. well, you know, okay. it, with, with that one exception, everything is tied into the overarching theory of de-evolution. Right, right. And, okay. So they kept it, they kept I mean, it up, and they're still keeping it up. And you're doing so, Malcolm, what? Uh, let us know, what, what do you got coming up? I know you're back from your little tour, but you're going out again. You're, you're going solo. You're, you're going to England? Yep, I'm doing my solo acoustic punk rock shtick all around the UK. That's going to start on November 14th. And I'm doing uh, England, Wales, Belgium, and France. Oh, that's with awesome. My good, my, yeah, it's really cool. My friend Tim Holhouse is the guy who booked it. He's from London. He's a vagabond rover. And um, I played England last year and just absolutely fell in love with the country and the people. And I... You know, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get back out. I've only been home for a couple of days, but I'm just spoiling to get back out to go to England. Right. Well, stay away from that sugar. Stay away from that white sugar. Right. God, did, did you better believe it, man. <laughs> right. and what else, so what else you got going on? I know you, you have a radio show, so where, where can people find that? Yep, I've got my radio show. It's uh, every, uh, every Thursday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it airs on the radio station WNHU which you can catch on WNHU.org. So that's every Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. The show is called Mr. Tent's Wild Ride. Yes, that's And basically, right. you know, I play whatever I want, and I do theme sets every week, and it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's great. I actually, I've listened to the show, and it's good. And as you can imagine, Malcolm plays all sorts of shit. I'm sure. <laughs> but yes. stuff. Yeah, and even some good stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and don't forget, we've got his book, The Woman of Devo, which you can get. It's, it's available on Amazon. And uh, like I said, it's probably better to buy it from Malcolm in person than he'll actually get paid for it. But either way, True. you should seek it out. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, contact me. I'm easy to find. I got my website, MalcolmTent.net. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, blah, 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 blah. Sure, blah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, That's Malcolm. That's the way it's done. Thank you for coming on the show. Yes, uh, thank I'm, you, Malcolm. I'm glad the timing worked out and everything, so that was great. And uh, yeah. Good luck on your future endeavors. I know we're going to be talking again next week, guys. We got, what do we got? I, someone you may know. We got, actually, do you know Frank McCormick? Because he used to play down here. Uh, Frank McCormick, but he's going to be our guest, and we're going to be talking about Naked Raygun and the album oh. Throb Throb. And Steve, Ooh, that's Al- a good one. Steve Albini's favorite band. So, okay. um, and we may have a special caller. We're not we even going to say who it is, but we may have a special caller. It's not Albini, so don't. So, no, <laughs> that we should dispel any notions of that. But, yeah. um, but a member of uh, Naked Raygun has said that they might join us for the. For a part of the uh, for yeah. the show, so that's next week. Uh, also, don't forget Friday, November eighth, we are sponsoring the lone screening of Whiskey on Beer, the documentary of Miami's most notorious punk band, Load, for the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival at Severset. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what is that? Just sound effects? It's fucking Bobby Load, dude. Oh, Bobby Load. Okay, come beer, on, the beer. Can. Wake up. <laughs> uh, so that is uh, Friday, November eighth, nine p.m. is the pre-party happy hour with Goldust Lounge performing, and ten p.m. is the film. For tickets, go to flip.com, F-L-I-F-F.com, and listen to this, Barry. I just learned this. And search Whiskey on Beer, and then choose the That Record Got Me I podcast link, and you get limited edition of discounted tickets. Like half-price tickets you can get by going oh, to the good. That Record okay. Got Me I link Excellent. at the Flip site. Very so that's, good. Uh, that's Friday, November 8th. Uh, once again, thanks a lot, Malcolm, for coming on the show. Yes, thank and, you again, uh, Malcolm. Yeah, you were great. And uh, long live Devo. Devo forever. And uh, once again, that is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are That Record Got Me High. We'll see you guys next week. We're out.